0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Discerning Consciousness. I'm your host Ant and once again for today's show I'm joined by Mike. Hello Mike.
1: Um, How's it going? Had a good good. Christmas?
0: Yeah I have. Very good. Thank you very much. So before we get into today's uh, episode uh, we'd both just uh, like to wish all our listeners, Mike, uh, a happy new year and a very successful uh, 2021. And also, um, I think you'll agree, Mike, that we could be looking at some uh, quite dramatic days and months ahead.
1: Well, unfortunately so, so, you know, try and make the best of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some good advice
0: there. So in today's show, um, what we're going to talk about is um, it's going to be a, a COVID update. Because it's been a month now, well, nearly getting on for a month since we were last... Um, since we last did a show and a lot has happened, Mike, during that time with regards to the dreaded Covid coronavirus uh, and especially with regards to uh, the vaccine as well. I think you agree. Um, Good to do an update.
1: Yeah, definitely. So much has happened. It wasn't long after we uh, recorded our last episode that the uh, news of a new strain came about. That's right. But we'll definitely get to that in a bit.
0: Yeah, so if we look at things in chronological order, So um, about a week before Christmas, we had um, the announcement uh, from the Prime Minister Boris Johnson that he was going to allow a five day period, I believe, whereby we could meet in bubbles and meet our friends and family. And then he came out a few days later and reduced that down to one day didn't
1: he well it was originally five days with three different households as your bubble Um, and then that basically um, well for about 70% of the country was reduced to um, one day with two household bubble so everyone had to rearrange their Christmas plans but because of the weird tier system um, they announced a new tier four and for everyone in Tier 4, they were actually um, totally told, oh you can't see anyone for Christmas. That's yeah. it. You're locked down in your houses for it.
0: Well, you could meet just on Christmas Day, but you couldn't uh, stay over. So, I mean, I'm not sure many people would travel longer. Those distances. for the
1: people who were still in Tier 3. Yeah. Yeah, Tier 4 people were literally told you can't go anywhere for Christmas. Right, yeah.
0: So, once again, as from the very start of this uh, COVID pandemic since March, Mike, Uh, a strong psychological element
1: yeah definitely didn't play out exactly as we thought it would but I would say the way they played out was far more insidious yes
0: yes because uh, of course Boris Johnson uh, when he originally announced the five-day grace if you like he said it only um, it would be evil to cancel Christmas and then a few days later he did the very same
1: yeah I'm sorry literally became the Grinch that stole Christmas (laughs)
0: Boris the to stop Christmas, absolutely. And around about that time, Mike, before Christmas, we had the announcement of the new mutant strain, didn't we?
1: Yeah, now there's a lot of weird things about this announcement of the new mutant strain. Yeah. So, first off, it was said that it came out um, in England around Kent area. Yeah. But then I heard news that it actually arrived in the UK from Africa or something like that. From South Africa. That's the one. Yeah. Um, but then it it's now been called the new UK mutant strain, even Worldwide Stage Star. Um it, so when it like what was it? Someone said they've travelled to America with it already. Um they're calling it the UK strain now. So but how did it come from South Africa then? Exactly.
0: And also what's happened is that um, immediately after it was announced, um, Great Britain suddenly became known as Plague Island because lots of countries around the world, predominantly in Europe, were banning travel from the UK to and from the UK. So we Any became like, <laughs> so you had um, Britain becoming the pariah of Europe because of Brexit and Britain becoming the pariah of the world because of the dreaded COVID pandemic. Yeah. So we had that and also what I want to touch upon, Mike, um it might be helpful for our listeners this idea of um how viruses do mutate and what that actually means if you could add some knowledge on
1: well to be fair i don't know too much about um virology and mutations of that but generally speaking um viruses kind of mutate all the time um i think one article i was reading in a science magazine was um alluding to the fact that um this sars cov two yeah. actually has a kind of like a family tree of mutations already um, and as they're tracking them the reason they stated that um there's a new mutant strain mm-hmm. is because it seems to be one of these um, branches of its tree yeah. um, seems to have a large kind of like um, association with more cases in that area um, and that's why they associated thinking oh this is really bad But um, even reading the article itself, it was saying that initially they thought it was far more deadlier. um, But that was only because of like, you know, a day's worth of data coming in. But when they collected more and more data, they realized that, oh, actually, what we assumed to begin with was totally wrong.
0: So, yeah, thank you for that. So what I've seen from uh, the government and from uh, their so-called professors and health experts is, that it's not more deadly, but it spreads more. Yeah, generally speaking, this is is.
1: what all viruses tend to do because um, it's a parasite life form. It can only live in a host, essentially. Um, It can't replicate itself. Um, that's why it's got to live within someone but if a virus is too deadly um, it kills its host off before it can actually spread itself yeah. um, so viruses tend to over time become more infectious but less symptoms become come of them to a point where um a lot of viruses exist in our bodies all the time without us even noticing it and it's only when our immune system drops that we suddenly notice an illness effect
0: so in effect when viruses mutate over time is that how they weaken or how they strengthen
1: um well to be fair i think those terms are a bit kind of like you know sledgehammer style thing um but if you talk about it becoming uh, more virulent so it can pass on to more people mm. um generally then it becomes less deadly in that fact so you could yeah. say it's stronger at being infectious but then suddenly its kind of like survival rate um kind of like you know shoots up and up and up and up all the time because sure. you know killing your host off is never a good thing no. especially if you plan to like pass yourself on of course
0: so there's also been um, that's put a bit of a spanner in the works of the whole rollout of the vaccines, of course, because there can be no there's there can be no guarantees that the existing um, vaccines um, are going to still work with the new mutation. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Right now, generally speaking, um, the way vaccines work is they normally um, associate with, um, well, especially that that first vaccine that, that came Pfizer-BioNTech. Yeah. was all about targeting the um the spike protein yeah yeah so if that spike protein changes enough so it's no longer detected um by the immune system when it does arrive mm-hmm. then It will be completely pointless but if the mutation is actually with another part of the the virus and not with the spike protein yeah then it could still be just as effective right so it really is one of those things that it depends how it's mutated if it will be affected so it's the
0: devil in the detail Conception. everything
1: everything with this is devil in the detail and we're, which we're trying to get through so yeah
0: it's it's handy to mention the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine Mike because we did a whole episode on the controversy around that it was very interesting yeah. so what's important to point out that it continues to be a uh, very controversial because of the rollout how the government have approached it it's the idea was originally was to have uh, people who administered the vaccine was to have the second dose or the booster three weeks apart. Now because there's been an issue with supply the government are now telling medics and GPs and healthcare professionals that patients, um, that they're going to focus on giving the first dose to new patients and that those who are promised the second dose, the booster dose uh, after three weeks, are now saying they can wait up to three months. But the issue is the healthcare professionals and GPs are actually saying, well, we've promised our patients that they would get the booster within three weeks. And now we're kind of like feel like we're letting them down. So there is this there's a big conflict going on between the medical profession and the government right now.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely, because the government doesn't know the science and they're controlling the science, which is the worst case scenario as far as this goes. Um, But when it comes to this whole the second dose has been cancelled sort of thing, this could actually prove to be very disastrous. Depending on whether I was right or not, on how the the two vaccines worked, if they're both identical,
0: so the second one you're talking about, the Oxford AstraZeneca, no, 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 no,
1: we're still talking about um, Pfizer BioNTech. Yeah, yeah. Um, because they had to have two doses. Yeah, if it's a case that the first dose is actually different to the second dose, yeah. being you know in the way that it's like start producing the protein and then stop producing that protein sort of thing. Yeah. If they don't get that second shot to say stop producing that um, protein then they could carry on actually creating virus parts and become super spreaders in that sense um, and then there's a, the most stupid thing is um, if they're now giving this um, second vaccine to you know and if it's different to the people that haven't had the first one yeah then that totally messes up the whole system yeah um so there's so much going on with that, and that's even without mentioning the actual health impacts that the first vaccines have Yeah, I, I,
0: it's important to to raise the issue of the vaccines because there is um, there's a lot of confusion and also what's happening, a lot of fear. So I've seen interviews with older people on the lamestream media who are palpably scared and worried because, you know, they were promised this booster and now it might not happen. And as we've said from the start of the covid pan pandemic mike um they've we were always they're always building in the vaccines as the silver bullet, but even within that they're now creating fear and uncertainty
1: aren't they oh definitely um it's the best way because you build up hope within a symbol of the vaccine, yeah and then suddenly you go oh new mutant and strain and that was pointless um and it totally destroys everyone's hope in that respect yeah
0: so again it's it's this um kind of psychological approach narcissism where whereby they really are manipulating public uh, opinion it is really quite disgusting what's going on oh yeah it's
1: psychological warfare in the highest level absolutely
0: so can we just mention briefly so the new vaccine that actually has started its rollout today the oxford university slash astrazeneca one yeah now am i is this the one that can be administered in one
1: dose well i haven't actually had much time to do research on no. this um new oxford vaccine yeah but um the, i say the world on the street the the comments section that i can read on facebook and youtube sort of thing yeah. seem to point out that this is um a standard style vaccine yeah um because you know like on the vaccine episodes we went through the different style of vaccines yeah. so is this the one
0: that doesn't do alter the dna is that right
1: as far as as i'm aware um not only is it that it only needs then the one dose because it's not trying to mess around and it
0: can and it can be stored in normal fridge temperatures rather than minus 70. yeah
1: because it's not trying to like store mrna which is very fragile in that sense um so it looks like this new vaccine is actually you know if you do want to take one would be much safer to get than the we wouldn't
0: personally advise it
1: (laughs) you know uh, it's up to you at the end of the day we're just going to give you the info to make sure. your own decisions because yeah. you know that's what discerning yeah. consciousness is all about um, but I would say um, from what I researched, most coronavirus related vaccines yeah. in the past actually had a greater response to the illness if you were to catch it later on yeah. than if you hadn't had the vaccine sure
0: and just to develop um, Mike this theme of the controversy around the vaccines. There's even talk of mixing and matching, which really disturbs me greatly, I have to say.
1: Oh, definitely. And this is when I just think of the utter incompetence that's going on within this system. Within government. Because um, I I saw on Facebook the other day an actual email that got sent from someone um, who had the first vaccine, told their second dose had been canceled, and then another thing from an email from a doctor saying that um you know you'll just have to give whatever vaccine you've got on hand because we can't actually track what type of vaccine you've had before sure. and i'm just thinking you know you literally someone who deals with stock and control and stuff like that could easily tell you well actually we've sent those vaccines to there so why can't you keep on track on who've you so given So it them is to?
0: it is it's it's really curious because on the one hand We can understand if we look through the conspiracy lens that all of these events are playing out and it's all about controlling the world's population. But on the other hand, it can be something as simple as government bureaucracy that can help to derail it or put a spanner in the works, which is quite comical, really, if you think about it.
1: Well, I think they're relying on incompetence at this point because it's going to spread more fear and panic. So so it feeds
0: their agenda as well. And also, Mike, you may or may not have been aware um but at the latter part of 2020 there was a period in the NHS where they couldn't so with that was with the um Pfizer-BioNTech uh, vaccine at that time they had a computer system an NHS computer system that went down which was probably just some sort of uh kind of Excel spreadsheet or whatever it was I believe and, it was yeah and it went down so they were having to use pen and paper so once again <laughs> maybe divine intervention but it just shows you even um when it appears that there are powerful groups that have you know everything in their favour um, that things can happen, shall we say, to to help to scupper the rollout of their plan. So I thought again that was quite comical, not for the members of staff
1: having it, to cope with it. No, no, but the but the, the fact that our leaders are completely incompetent. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, absolutely.
0: So um, I think it's also interesting if we talk briefly, Mike, about the rollout in the United States. For the benefit of our listeners in the United States. So I happened to see Vice President Pence. He was he was injected with the vaccine in front of the cameras, as was the demon Fauci. He was vaccinated in, uh, in front of the cameras. Hang on.
1: Is this one of the needles that when it goes in, it sticks and it doesn't actually come back out again? The comedy needle. no. Or or when they leave the cap still on.
0: (laughs) I'm not quite sure whether it was just a vitamin jab or a placebo. We don't know, but I'm sure both of those... um... No, they're
1: getting the secret third jab that no one's been allowed to (laughs) talk about.
0: (laughs) But the mind boggles. But doing some research, Mike, for today's show, I found out that upwards of about... 50% of healthcare staff in the United States have said that they will refuse to take the vaccine. So that's interesting.
1: Well, I think it was the similar story in the UK because originally all NHS staff were considered frontline. They were the top
0: of the, the list and then they moved to care homes. And they, they, they
1: totally removed the NHS from this list yeah. because apparently a lot of the NHS staff were just like, well, we don't want to take it. You know this is untried stuff we we know about this stuff so we don't want to try this experimental <laughs> stuff and we don't want to give it out basically that's great
0: PR so we'll we'll give it out but but um but we won't take it ourselves yeah not a bit of a PR own goal and also we had i'm not sure where in the states it was but you might have seen the uh the um footage mike I'm sure some of our, our listeners did. And that was the nurse who literally fainted within seconds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, the the, the conspiracy rumour mill is going crazy because some people are saying that she's dead. Some people have presented, um like, a, a death certificate. I've seen an image on Facebook of a death certificate to prove that she did actually die. Now, all I would say on this, we don't know with all of these things. We don't want to speculate. But all I would yeah. say, Mike, is if it was me... I'd at least want to appear on camera and go, I'm okay." How come she hasn't done that? So I'll just leave that open for our listeners. But again, not great PR for the jab.
1: Yeah, that was definitely an interesting case. Um, They should have vetted their people they were putting the jab on TV. Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you have an allergy? That might be a question to ask myself. And also, just on a very, very quick US um, jab roundup, Mike, uh, again... Uh, I originally saw on um, on Facebook, but then I followed it up. I'll put these links in the description as well for the benefit of our listeners. But we saw the uh, New Year's celebration in Seattle uh, and we had the double helix DNA imposed on the Seattle Tower. And then we had, of course, the spike or the top of the tower, which was like the needle pressing into the double helix. So oh, I thought that was interesting
1: symbology there. Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't it nicknamed the needle though? Is it? I'm not on. sure, but
0: that's <laughs> interesting. So still putting it out there how they how they might be how they might be mocking us kind of thing. So anyway, I just want to lastly finish before we get on to the issue of mass testing and the rollout of mass testing in the UK Mike is that going forward we can see how with the uh, with the Oxford um, AstraZeneca vaccine, because it's produced in the UK, I believe, and like you were saying, it needs one dose. The media and the government, they really are. This is going to be held up as the, you know, as the um, this is the thing that's going to finally defeat the evil virus. They're going to hold it up as the solution. Right?
1: Uh, most probably, uh, especially being a UK based one, they'll be sure. like, well, that's big UK money. So, yeah, um, yeah that's really big, this one up. Uh, But at the end of the day, it's interesting where they'll go with vaccines at the moment it just seems a complete kind of like mess in their rollout of the system it does um so it'll be interesting to see how worse it can get
0: yeah the chaos how much worse it can get but like we were just saying it's important to say even when the rollout is chaotic it kind of just feeds into the fear vibration which is what this is covid's all been about from the
1: start yeah exactly so that's why you should just kind of like live your life to the fullest the best you can and uh avoid this most of you can, but um, we're here to give you the best information to, you know, have a bit more of a sensible viewpoint on Absolutely. the situation. So
0: if we move on, Mike, to the mass testing. So it was announced before Christmas that the government, the plan is to test all uh, children in secondary schools. I guess that'd probably be high schools in the state. So it's all children based 11 to 16. And the original plan was, before the impending looming novel national lockdown, more of that and a bit later, was to delay the return of secondary schools so that teaching staff were given an extra two weeks to be trained to trained to administer the test. And also it was, was said that um, the military would be involved. Yeah, it's not scary at all, is it? So I've got some anecdotal evidence on this. My sister-in-law, speaking to my brother the other day, my sister-in-law works as a lab technician uh, in a biology department in a secondary school in London. And she's confirming that this week uh, the head of her school in London has invited all staff, teaching staff and support staff like her, to work on getting the, the, um, preparing this mass testing. Now, whether the military involved in this stage or not, but that's just to confirm that this isn't a rumor. This is actually happening. Now, my question, Mike, is if I had children, I would have issues with children or a child of mine being tested when they're perfectly healthy. It does raise quite a lot of ethical issues, doesn't it?
1: Especially bringing the military into it, because it's kind of almost getting the kids used to the military. Martial law. Exactly. Um, So that's the scary point. But just rolling back a second sure. um to talk about the tests themselves yeah um so this test that um is being kind of like used and relied on sure. is known as the the PCR test
0: and then you have got the lateral flow
1: haven't you um yes yeah. but they seem to be using this PCR test as the the main one to use because i yeah. think it's simpler and easier yeah um the only problem with it is it's highly ineffective at the kind of like the level of doublings they do within the system um to get enough data uh, enough cellular data to actually test if you know what i mean because they've got to amplify and amplify and amplify but the level of which they amplify is far beyond what kind of like is considered normal with this test Um, so it's not
0: fit for purpose didn't the guy sorry to interrupt the guy that invented it said it shouldn't be used for this exactly
1: this is what i'm getting on to these are all the reasons then you've got the fact that um at the level of multiplications they do within it uh you get what's known as a very high false positive rate yeah
0: we've all heard about that
1: yeah um and the problem is that the more people you test that don't have symptoms yeah Means you're just going to get more positive cases, even if it isn't out there at all. Yeah. Um, and this what comes down to the fact that this has truly become a case stomach.
0: It has, yeah.
1: Um, within the system. Um, and that's why ever since the summer, when the, the deaths almost died down it's to nothing. zero, yeah. that they suddenly started focus on the cases rather than the, the deaths sure. themselves.
0: Yeah. And what's interesting, of course, uh, Mike, is uh, even we we were looking earlier preparing for this particular show that even when you look at the official government statistics um that's all we're using yes. and you know it's not like we're using figures that aren't official and they're still going with this idea of people accounted. Is is it a case if that so they've tested within 28 days is that what
1: Yes, so this is when it comes to how they count um, a death, a COVID death. Oh, a death. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, and basically, with their, with their little asterisk built for <laughs> deaths is death for any reason within 28 days of a positive test. Right. Yeah. And literally, there has been a known case where a COVID death was written on a death certificate for someone who was run over by a bus. Yeah. But they tested positive um, a couple of days beforehand. Yeah. So this is kind of like the level of ridiculousness you get within the numbers themselves, the official numbers um, that we work with. So there are so many inaccuracies within each step. So you've got the inaccuracies within the test. Yeah. You've got inaccuracies within the, the recordings of deaths. Yeah. Um, you've even got the fact that you can find on the government's website that they are literally counting flu and COVID deaths. And they actually the even
0: announced that brazenly. Yes. It's not like they hid
1: it. Yeah, so they literally come out with the fact that they are trying to make this look as worse as possible. Sure. And yet it's still, if you look at the pure numbers of it, it doesn't look that
0: bad. And I think it's important to point out also, Mike, that since um, well a few weeks ago, as we were talking about the mutant strain of COVID, the the narrative from government and obviously like we talked about before, the media um, when we put the mainstream media in the dock is that's now how they're they're ramping the fear. It's not so much the deaths. It's the cases
1: yes um, because it's the only thing they can focus on that really looks bad. Yeah. I mean, the crazy thing is if you look on, um, I think it's worldwide data info sort of thing. Um, they literally show you kind of like um, the number of daily cases and the number of daily deaths. And if you look at the the numbers, it looks crazy. Like the original kind of like wave of it back in kind of like what was it March March, March yeah. time. Yeah. Um, looks tiny compared to the number of cases we've got now literally dwarfs it and yet if you then go and look at the deaths it's like well actually those deaths back in march are still higher than we've got now um so if you just look at the case data you would think we would have more deaths now but we don't we've got less
0: and of course this um feeds into what we were just talking about the mass children of testing at schools it's it's just part of creating more fear around the case demic so we can just i equate it to it's a bit like the financial system the financial system is basically just built on creating more and more debt so it tends to that's what part of the expansion of the university sector was to get certainly i can't speak for other countries but in the uk is to get all these kids going to uni because they need their student loans and as with the covid or covid the only way they can keep the narrative going is by just increasing the cases and thereby you've
1: got the case demic yeah. um, and the craziest thing is even if you avoid the fact that the inaccuracy of the test it's still a, a fairly useful test if you know what i mean then you actually get the fact that it says on the government website and the guy who um invented this test literally says do not take it unless you are showing symptoms and then they're going we've got to test everyone i mean it sounds great when you say it in a political office and you know it makes everyone feel safe and warm and fuzzy inside but really it's the worst thing to do
0: well um i've always found the most disturbing aspect of the whole covid pandemic is this idea that Healthy people can be carriers and healthy people can still be plague ridden. Now, I'm not saying that um, the idea of uh, asymptomatic diseases or viruses doesn't exist, but that's what they really pushed. Because I remember one of the most recent government press conferences where I think it was... um, uh, Professor uh, Whitty actually said, and this was around about Christmas, Mike. Yeah. He said, "Assume you've got it. Assume that you're Literally,
1: infectious. Yeah.
0: What sort of science is that?
1: Literally, it's <laughs> the mentality that every one of these lockdowns has um, all been based upon. Yeah. Assume you've got it. Quarantine yourself so you don't pass it on. But that's actually Munch housing syndrome.
0: Yeah.
1: To convince someone they're ill when yeah. they're not."
0: I've never thought of it like that i mean that's where we were talking about before the whole aspect of which well the world's population really is being under psychological warfare and torture if you like locking people down but i've never thought of munchausen syndrome and that's exactly what it is
1: i mean the, the fact is and i find this horrendous is um it has been proven and you can find the data out there that um these lockdowns actually kill more people than they would than have died through covid through those lockdown periods based on depression, suicides, not being able to go for your cancer treatments and appointments
0: and even things as simple as not being able to attend Um, therapies based on um, counselling to do with addictions relationship advice all of those things are going to massively impact on people's mental health in a negative way aren't they
1: seriously and adding that's just adding on top of the fear that's going around the virus as well
0: and as coincidence should have it Mike as this episode is going out on I think it's uh, where are we January the 4th today yeah January the 4th yep two days away from the big day in D.C. in the States, um, it's looking likely that Boris Johnson's going to announce another national lockdown.
1: Most probably. Or he'll announce, oh, that tier five we were on about, we'll introduce that for everyone. Or do you know what? We might even create a tier six just for fun.
0: It is. It has now. I mean, everything that we've predicted on discerning consciousness has pretty much come true. Uh, I have to say, I thought that we would be going back into national lockdown more around about the middle of January, as I said. Yeah, to you, Mike. yeah, I thought it was
1: about the middle of January. So, but
0: you know, as as I say, as this recording goes out, we we are now, you know, and um, it's actually already been announced by Nicola Sturgeon in Scotland that they've had, uh, Mike, um, they've been, it's been announced of, uh a stay at home order. Now. You know, that all falls under the auspices, I assume, of the original COVID Act back in March. This 256 page document where basically governments now can do pretty much what they like.
1: Yeah, as far as I'm aware, it's basically like they've got emergency powers, like if it was during a war or something like that. Yeah. Um, hang on. Some flashbacks to Star Wars there. Let's <laughs> get back to the episode. Um, so under these emergency powers, they can essentially do whatever they need to fight off the threat um, to return to safety and normality. But, just as like I was going on with Star Wars, um, and actually if you um, read your history well, you'll notice that every time emergency powers were taken, it stopped being a democracy and became a dictatorship. Yeah,
0: and they never... They never... They never reigned back on those increased powers, did yeah, they?
1: Yeah, I mean, what was it? We all know of, like, Caesars from, from Rome. Yeah. But Rome actually started off as um, a democracy, kind of a republic-style system. And then literally through the emergency powers through Julius Caesar obtained, he then made it a kind of, like, dictatorship yeah. and became the first Kaiser, or Caesar, as it was, to, to rule the land. Yeah. And then that system actually continued after his death.
0: One important point we missed out on as we begin to round up on this episode, Mike, is crisis in the NHS. Now, this is what they're going to use again for um, justification for a further lockdown, national lockdown, harsher measures than Tier 4, which most of the country's in. Now, as we know, every year there's talk in the media of a crisis within the NHS we can't cope there's not enough uh, beds now this normally centers around um, flu doesn't it yes. so this is there's nothing new is it
1: no um, if anything it might be you know slightly worse this year because um, of all the ridiculousness of having certain wards completely empty yeah, Sure. Um, where they've got like their COVID ward has only got like 10 beds on it and the ICUs and they're like well actually we've gone from three people being here to seven so we've got an increase that we can't
0: and traditionally in the UK, with regards to the media and a lot of the Western world, Mike, it goes quiet over between Christmas and the New Year. And that's what the, the journalists uh, basically have very few stories. So they push crisis in the NHS. And that's all that we've got this year
1: again. Well, to be fair, I think over the Christmas New Year there's normally an increase in general admissions. And, yeah, people getting drunk and falling out. Um, And I think this year, because of like New Year's celebrations and sure, Christmas yeah. get-togethers not happening to the level that they normally would have, yeah. I reckon the A and E. Um, You know, influx is going to be less, but the COVID influx is going to be higher. I
0: mean, what I saw on Sky, or should I say (coughs) Sly News, was uh, they had footage from uh, a hospital uh, trying to say there was this emergency, but um, the ambulance bay was full. So they weren't out ferrying people to and from hospital it was completely full and then they they said they were treating people in the back of hospital uh, sorry get it right Anne. they were treating people in the back of the ambulances but they showed no footage And they didn't even fake any footage so i think this is they
1: didn't have the dummies on hand they didn't have
0: the dummies on hand so this is all again building towards what seems like the announcement of a national uh lockdown another national lockdown almost get bored of the mike and it's again won't someone save the nhs it's just that mantra isn't it really
1: well i think it's going to be and i kind of like predicting this from the birth of brexit um the fact that they would try and do everything they can to destroy the nhs sure yeah whilst trying to save it and then turn round and go well the only way we can save it is if we privatize it sure yeah uh, which will be the worst thing ever but you know that's just the way things are playing out at the moment yeah
0: thank you for that. So um, I just want to add lastly, Mike, uh, in today's episode, I'm going to zoom over the Atlantic Ocean and bring our uh, listeners attention. And I'm sure they are all focused on Washington, D.C. and this big uh, proposed march or gathering, shall we say, on the 6th of March. And when the GOP meet to uh, announce um, supposedly uh, or confirm the result of the election, Now, we don't know what's going to happen, Mike, but it does seem that there could be dramatic or people are hypothesizing that there could be dramatic events that are going on. Now, you said to me one thing that you might think happen is that Biden and, and the Democrats might actually fall on their sword. You were saying earlier, you might think that. Biden might actually stand down. That's what you were revealing to me earlier. What? Well, how do you think? What context do you think that might? Be? That
1: was just one possible outcome of the situation. There's so many different things going on behind the scenes that we don't know of. Yeah. Um, but just
0: explain the context of that, because I thought it was interesting.
1: Okay. Well, if it's a case is that um, it is that Biden's been arrested, he, you know, that security tag, you know, thing is on his leg. Oh, the
0: rumors when yeah. he had the injury uh, on his leg
1: um you know if that's to be the case then um you know the only way they could kind of like reveal that properly to the to the media and the world about kind of like admitting they commit a crime yeah. is by going oh well, i've had a serious health you know a change of tone in my health yeah. um i can no longer you know fulfill the the office of president um and it would be unfair to kind of like you know promote my uh, vice president Kamala Harris when yeah. it was me you truly sure. voted for in that sure. respect you know I can't just you know disappear at the starting gun right um so that might be one thing that could happen that could like sort of
0: soften the blow if you like yeah
1: but um honestly my take on the whole situation yeah is that um the the, the, the catfighting between Joe Biden and um got his name for a second trump. trump um will get so bad that um america will actually lose faith in its united states of america political
0: institutions
1: and you might see the start of civil unrest and civil war going on and
0: making maybe the breakup of the union perhaps.
1: yeah i certainly see a uh, certain few states there's working at you texas right. that might want to succeed from the union and
0: florida perhaps for different reasons yes yeah. <laughs> um but yeah it is interesting because Those who promote the whole Q narrative, there's this kind of meme or how should we say prediction going round that Trump, Trump's card, if you like, play on words, Trump's card is apparently going to be unpleasant character Nancy Pelosi, leader of the House, is going to speak for the House. I should say it's actually going to come out. This sounds outlandish. I said this to you earlier, didn't I, Mike? That she's actually going to come out and admit all. And that she's agreed to do that so that she's not executed for treason. So this is what the Q narrative is saying. That she'll come out and admit that the, Demo- the Democrats in collusion with countries like China and the whole Dominion voting system have committed mass fraud. Now, we'll see if that happens. But that would be a bit of a earth-shattering
1: event. Hang on. Wasn't she the, the lady that um, got her house like defaced? She
0: had. She did recently. And there was a pig's head and her house was... Uh, was uh, daubed in uh, graffiti. And, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I thought someone like that would live in a gated community. So yeah, I was thinking, yeah, I think how that was would be staged happen? again, potentially. I have to admit, interesting theory. If what is true that she is going to come out and announce Sing all like these, a canary, yeah. it could be the fact that, you know, like in V, when he's like, put an X on your door if you're going to.
0: V for Vendetta. It yeah, could course.
1: literally be yeah. she did that to herself as a, a show of I'm willing to. Yeah. Could be. Symbology it could was. Be. That's
0: interesting. So anyway, um basically watch this space because what we're gonna try and do is put some updates out there from Wednesday onwards, Mike. Uh, and it'll only be you know 10 minutes, 15 minutes on the Podomatic. So, what I will do, Mike, is I will link if social media is still up and running, I will link the Podomatic updates, uh, uploads to my Facebook and Twitter accounts. So, all my social media uh, is linked in the description, so do please check them out anyway. But if you're not a subscriber to the Podomatic account, you won't get email updates. So as I say, Mike, I'll put those uh, updates on social media if it's yep. still up there. We don't know what's going to happen to the uh, Internet, Mike. Is there going to be a up, uh, uh, outages? We just don't know. We, i mean it's fascinating I, i'm also getting excited at what might happen it might be a big letdown we just don't know
1: yeah this could um wrap, wrap up to be a very interesting year it could, yeah. um so much so that we're not even gonna even try and predict what's no, gonna happen no. at this point um we're just gonna like you know make predictions based on what's currently happened because anything could happen in the meantime to change everything
0: so yeah in summary might just um if if there are big events, uh, earth-shattering events, shall we say, that take place, then I'll try and do my best to get out a discerning consciousness narrative to that if the technology is still available to do it. So yeah, please do definitely. check us out. So um, I think we'll just round things up now, uh, Mike, and just leave some closing thoughts
1: for our listeners with regards to this
0: COVID update. Yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts at to...
1: all? Well, I would just say, um, considering that this uh, this... What started as a pandemic has now turned into a case-demic Morphed
0: into a case-demic Yep
1: Um, uh, If you are still suffering from fear or kind of like uncertainty about what's going on at the moment uh, And you know you are being torn one way or another with you know all the kind of like craziness and chaoticness that's going on I would just try and remember one thing and one thing alone is that Considering all the kind of like inflated numbers with like what we we're talking about earlier the flu cases being involved the um, False positives the fact that you shouldn't even test. Yeah. Um, people that don't have symptoms Because all of this and the 28 days after a positive death death ranking and all this Yeah Just bear in mind that even if you take all those kind of like things into account within the numbers that are going on worldwide it still says that this thing has a 97% recovery rate. And that is not taking anything special into account. No. That's uh, across the board. Across, across the, the ages, board, all, the age all ages, country. all yeah. countries. And that's including the fact that some countries aren't even listing the recovery rates. Mm. UK happens to be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so even if um, every country did list it recovery rates, it would most probably even have a higher recovery rate. Um, so considering the 97% recovery rate in mind, it makes you think that what's all this fear about in the first place? Absolutely.
0: Um, thank you for that. I would just like to add that, of course, as we all know, the the rollout of the vaccines was the destination point from the very start. Um, I'd also just like to add that as it seems like we're going into further lockdown here in the UK, harsher restrictions. that. It's important to remember that the fear and the propaganda, the gaslighting is going to just increase now from the mainstream media and from the government. And they really are going to push the whole vaccine of course here in the UK, the, yeah. uh, the Oxford, AstraZeneca particular variety. And just hold firm to your, your own truths, because I think we're all going to be really tested because those of us. Oh, yeah. Who I assume the vast majority of our listeners might will not take the vaccine, we are going to be really tested because we are going to be portrayed as
1: you know the, the enemy.
0: Yeah, the enemy, the evildoers, um, the domestic terrorists. And I think things are gonna get a little bit dicey um as we move further into 2021. But hold your reserve, hold your nerve. I think overall, by the time we get to the end of 2021. I think it could be that we might not even recognise the world. And I just say that in terms of, I think that this planet is on a trajectory of evolution, irrespective of what happens in the political realm. And I'm not even taking account with regards to the Q narrative. I just think there are inevitable changes, and in what however you frame them. And I think it is important to remain hopeful, Mike. Oh, but. most definitely. So thank you all for listening. Uh, we've enjoyed it immensely doing this COVID update. Hopefully it's not been... Who do laden with, uh, you know, Mike given a how should we say a discerning perspective?
1: Yeah, like I was saying, the 97% recovery rate. If you went into an operation and someone said you've got a 97% chance of, of surviving <laughs> this, I think you would go, Phew, I was really worried for a second there. <laughs> like, if you go into something and they're like, you know, it's a 50 50, we're not sure about this, you might I'm start panicking. Yeah. yeah. But 97%, ah, it's in the bag. I like
0: those odds. So, yeah, thank you all once again uh, for listening. And we wish you all, uh, again, a very happy and successful 2021 because we will see what happens, Mike. Watch this space.
1: Definitely.
0: (laughs) And we'll just leave you with these wise words once again. Remember, folks, if you're not in control of your consciousness, then someone else is. Bye for now.